check 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 one two check. Hello hello. <laughs> Hey! Hey! Hello! Hello! <laughs> What's up, everybody? Happy 2021. Happy New Year, everybody. Beginning of the year, we're coming in strong. Woo! Drinking our coffee. Coffee. A damn good cup of coffee. <laughs> Uh, to try and wake up from yesterday's shenanigans. It was, uh, <laughs> it was quite something. <laughs> I, but I believe that how we feel right now after a night of partying this is the perfect mental state to be discussing what we're discussing yes, today. We need the brain fog in order to uh, appreciate David Lynch's work. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So two slightly hungover men are going to attempt to discuss David Lynch. At oh, length. Yes, hundred percent. Wish us luck. <laughs> Wish yes. us luck. Um. So, to get everybody kind of acquainted with uh, David Lynch's work, um, I w- I'm not actually sure if it was. Uh, and welcome back to the podcast, by the way. I mean, Thank you've been you. on the podcast a few times already. Yes, I um, have. But, and it's always good to be here. Yeah, it's always good to discuss. Stuff. I think you're the go-to guy for me um, for movies and oh, for, uh, TV for media. dramas and uh, yeah, media in general. Yeah, like well, popular r- des- media. Describing I guess. it and uh, breaking it down to its fundamentals. Uh, right. We can whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> today is going to be Twin Peaks, um, which we were uh, watching some time ago before the. Um, I mean, all of it is pretty old, but yeah. new to me, new to, to you. I'm new to me, that, yeah. too, yeah. So it, This isn't like the Evangelion one where I was like a big fan for a long time. This is something that I just recently finished. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, when we look back, so I, I w- was wondering, was it you that showed me um, Twin Peaks or was it me I that men- suggested to you? I had uh, mentioned it. I think I had mentioned it and then... And because sometimes when I browse around the internet, I, I see all these different shows and I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. That looks interesting. I make a list and I never get to it. But then <laughs> I shared you the list and you're like, I'm going to watch it tonight. And then you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah and so it took me a long ass time to, to get Peaks on it. Twin Peaks was so. fun to watch. Um, so was um, The Return, which was, yeah. I think, like a good completion of it. So what are the works of David Lynch that we're going to be focusing on so we'll, so that people understand? So And where can they watch it so that, you know, as they're, if, if they haven't already watched it, then you probably shouldn't tune in to our <laughs> our discussion. Oh, because I, I assume it's just going to be spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do yeah. a lot of spoiling today. But if or if people want to go back to refer to what we're talking about, the Twin Peaks original show is from... 1990, 1990, I think. 1990, wow. Yeah. This is as old as us. Yeah. Older than <laughs> older, us. Older, older. And, uh, and this one is available right now on Netflix, right? Like you can yeah, Netflix the, and watch the two it. original seasons, yeah. Very cool. And that's two yeah. seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was David Lynch and Mark Frost. The second one, um, David Lynch dropped out somewhere, and, uh, somewhere and you towards could, the end. And you could tell. Yeah, you could tell. You could tell. There is a uh, definitive dip in quality, unfortunately. <laughs> and then, and then, what? What is the return like? Or actually, before the return, there's the, the movie. The movie. Fire yeah. Walk with Me. Which, in my opinion, that's like my favorite Twin Peaks thing. I I really love the movie. So we're talking strictly about Twin Peaks season one and two, the original. Mm-hmm. Fire Walk with Me, and then Twin the Peaks, return. The return. Yeah. Yeah. The the new 2017 mm-hmm. comeback. Right. Almost. So, 
25 years after the uh, original run and that's pretty crazy <laughs> and what what exactly is um so let's let's kind of give a rundown of the basic twin peaks uh, plot line so mm. that we can then branch off from there into our theories of uh what this show is what the underlying message well, is well i suppose to to make it clear it's like I don't really have that many theories. I'm here to <laughs> I'm here to get what you got out of it because that seems to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. So and I think Twin Peaks is one of those shows where people watch it and it has a big cult following, right? It does. Yeah. So there's gonna be a lot of people uh, with different theories, and it's been around for a very long time, and people are still holding on. Yeah. To some of these well, ideas, people people have yeah. had time to, yeah, to think and, about it. It hasn't yeah. gone lost in time or anything. It's still alive as a as a cult following you so to speak right yeah so uh, out of all of the th- i mean you can go on youtube and you can search twin peaks explained and you'll get like, oh yeah there's a like, million there's like a and... there's like a four-hour video i haven't seen it but like yeah there's like a four-hour video of twin peaks actually explained <laughs> i wonder and, and <laughs> I for wonder. me um i think where it's different for us at least it's gonna be uh, not defining more or less well yes the creative works are important to us how they were made and all this stuff and what the storyline is but mm-hmm. also i think the bigger thing is the underlying message that we discovered as we watched the show and came to these conclusions that we spoke about yeah, previously well, before we went on the podcast or whatever right right <laughs> well there there is a certain uh belief system that david lynch holds that is integral to understanding many aspects of the show and that that, that kind of blew my mind a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, did you want to start with just the show, or did you want to? Um... Uh, well, I mean, I guess overall thoughts on the on the show, what I thought about it. I mean, I the first two seasons were solid. I mean, the first season was actually pretty excellent with the introduction of these more metaphysical aspects, like the White Lodge and Black Lodge, and and Bob. Like the horror elements were handled really well. Season two, uh, like I said, after. They solve the mystery. That's where it kind of, the show kind of drops off. It gets a bit unfocused, right? Yeah, right. in my opinion. So, uh, but the last episode was great, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So let let's talk about what what it feels like when you're watching Twin mm. Peaks. So it's a show. It kind of feels like a traditional like sitcom. It's just, it feels like a soap opera, t- like a soap opera, like a traditional yeah. TV TV novel. Or it whatever. feels like something I would catch like my mom watching, and then and then you do get like. Some epic slaps here and there as well. <laughs> so. Yes, yeah, yeah. But the weird part is that there's suddenly like weird twists and turns where you'll get like metaphysical scenes yeah. of like weirdness happening. Yeah, like, everything in the everything and... in the, the Black Lodge. It's like, what is this doing in, in this yeah, soap exactly. opera type show? And so there's a mystery, right? Like yeah. underlying everything. And then besides the actual murder mystery of trying to figure out. Uh, who killed Laura Palmer, right? Which mm-hmm. is the bane. That's how the story starts. Yeah. A young girl from a small town is murdered. Murdered. They find, her, they body. find her body. And now it's all about how did this happen and who is Laura Palmer. And and also how it affects the town. They really they really dive deep in that. Yeah. And that goes. Uh, that's one of the points that we'll make later about mm. why David Lynch chose to uh, focus on how the, a small town is affected by a tragedy yeah right as opposed to the one quick hitters of like the guy kills someone and then they find the bad guy and then the bad guy's mm. punished you know yeah, yeah like i suppose the driving plot of twin peaks would be 
one episode of another show. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and so Twin Peaks for me, watching it, right, the mystery, like you said earlier, um, during the second season, they solved the mystery of who killed Laura Palmer. Mm-hmm. But that was never really an intention and it was never designed to be in the plot, right? Like it, it was supposed to be a continuation of yeah. a mystery that I, never I don't, gets solved kind of thing. Yeah, right? I don't think they, they ever intended to actually give a definitive answer, which would have been interesting as well. I wonder what they would have done with that. Yeah, and, and I think it would have just been exponentially more and more complex, right? Mm-hmm. Like just complexity infinite, yeah. infinitely. Where it's like they're using the death of Laura Palmer to explore these larger themes, not necessarily focused on the, the murder. Right, right. And and those themes are large. Like, they're big ideas. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Which is why I think it's important that we have this podcast to kind of try and we'll break try to down. parse Even it for, out for, yeah. for ourselves just for, for our that, own understanding yeah this is <laughs> this is like gonna be my way i still haven't fully processed the return this is gonna be my way of like really you know letting that information sink in <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i mean just the note on the return it's like that that's a for me that was a hard show to binge just because every episode felt like a full movie Really? And then I had to like sit down and process each one. It's like, hold on. Let, let me breathe. <laughs> let me breathe, David Lynch. Get off me. <laughs> and and the, the groove was funny because like when we watched the Twin Peaks, uh, the first season, it was a uh, really great balance. Like a lot, there was like regular drama yeah. happening in the small town and backstories to every character mm-hmm. and even well, like standard, and stuff. standard television yeah. stuff that you would expect from a show like this the metaphysical stuff though it wasn't spread out too thinly I think like yeah in every episode more or less there was some funniness happening and you were like what the fuck was that and, and then it keeps you watching yeah yeah. some of the first encounters that we have as the viewer is the lodge right yeah uh, we start noticing uh wait like what is this place that is interacting with what is this characters? what is this funny little man yeah and and <laughs> and who is bob and why is he so fucking evil and ugly you mm-hmm. know what i mean and so we got bob as a character that can possess people right that is responsible for having laura palmer's father murder her right mm-hmm. by possessing him in a way right um and and then they solve the murder, but then the overarching plot was bigger than that. Yeah. Laura Palmer was only like the accidental discovery, the tool that was used to right. find she, out she was the, the truth. She was the catalyst to yeah. the launching point. And we know that um, the reason the FBI was sent there wasn't even necessarily because the girl was murdered, but because right. they already knew that there was something funny going on in, the, in this particular area, and the FBI already had created... A the, group, the, the Blue Rose, the Blue Rose, yeah, to investigate these findings, right? Because they mm. are had already experienced some weird um, metaphysical stuff, and they were like, "Hey, we need to study this, yeah, as a government agency and figure out what's going on, right?" So we got Major Briggs, who is the general who um, lives in Twin Peaks and is the guy who also has been studying the Black Lodge and the White Lodge, right. and so let's give a breakdown of what the Black Lodge is and the White Lodge to the audience so they could kind of understand. Black, I still don't fully comprehend it, but there there is a, like a line that Hawk, Deputy Hawk says, where it's like the Black Lodge. And in, in his culture, is like it's like a waiting room 
on the way to perfection or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if we look at the scenes cut for um, when people go into the black or white lodge, there's a lot of red curtains. Yeah. And so it's like a space between the spaces, mm-hmm. right? So it's not neither here nor there, like a waiting room, right? Yeah. So the Black Lodge, obviously, um, we assumed it was like a place of evil. And the White Lodge, we assumed, was a place right. of, of good, right. right? And so there are creatures that live or entities that live within these two realms, metaphysical entities, and they can influence humanity, right? And they even say something like they're responsible for the whole influence of humanity in a way. Like they try to make it really epic, like, whoa, like this is Oh yeah. We're saving the world kind of thing, right? Yeah. So um we know that at the sec in the second season there was a quirky thing that happened where Mark Fro where David Lynch got off the show, Mark Frost got on the show, and it started getting really wacky, right? So kinda explain some of that stuff because uh I wanna know what you think about how why did mark frost make it make it so white white why didn't he stick to the you know what i mean like why, why didn't he how, stick to the point uh, how, how <laughs> the, the hell show? did he drift off like that you know? you well know? maybe it was a case of like the studio or like the executives they wanted a certain type of show and mark frost was just appeasing them like we gotta we gotta make more funny three two one funny oh yeah yeah that's true <laughs> but uh outside pressures yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's a result of outside pressures. And that's very interesting because that's when the character, uh, the big bad guy, the big bad wolf, Wyndham Earl, was created, right? Yeah. Where he comes in from nowhere, a guy from the past. Um, right, right. You know, one um, of Cooper's, uh, well, Cooper's partner, former partner. Former partner. And then, yeah. so this guy's a, you know, top notch bad guy. That's a very, like, it was a very standard supervillain plot. He's yeah. basically the Joker. That's what, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. Wyndham Earl is. And yeah. so we're getting this weird sense of like resolution, right? Like yeah, like we're like he's gonna find the guy. The guy's gonna die. Yeah, yeah. And end of story. Like we were gonna get resolution, and but but that was not part of the plan. I'm so glad that David Lynch returned for the last episode. <laughs> Because that made the show infinitely more interesting. And how did he clean it up? Like, how did he? Clean oh up man, the, the situation? he cleaned it up by making it more of a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and let's let's just give away one of the fundamental observations that we made mm. is that Bob, in a way, because Wyndham Earl is the typical bad guy. Yeah, right? the one, two, three bad kind of guy, mm-hmm. right? And uh, Bob comes in and takes Wyndham Earl's soul. Yeah. Because Bob is ultimately the actual big bad guy. Right. right? And so the one observation we can make is that Bob for um David Lynch is the representation of regular T V bad guys. You know mm. what I mean? That's how he describes that's how he portrays a regular T V bad guy. And he wants to tell. Basically, he's telling us that we should move away from the whole like uh, shallow argument of quick hitters of you know typical bad guys, typical murder mysteries, uh, the 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 ones that give you instant rewards, mm. right? So he detests that type of um, TV um, platform. He wants to change it, right? So Bob, for me, like. Watching Bob act, I started realizing Bob is 
all typical bad guys, mm. right? So he's so he's just like the manifestation of just yeah. the typical. Yeah, and David Lynch sends in Bob, yeah, to take care of Mark Frost's Bob, which is Wyndham Mark, Earl. Mark Frost's Bob. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's a good way to put it. Right. Yeah. For for Wyndham Earl. Yeah. And and then um, one of the freakier things about the last episode as well, um, which maybe we'll pull up. I think I have a. You have a clip. Uh, I have a clip of the last episode that um, to show everyone how it transfers over to uh, to the return because they make some predictions about twenty five years, which I thought was pretty, oh yeah pretty pretty cool. That was the last episode when Laura Palmer says that. Like, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see you again twenty five years. Meanwhile, and she does the yeah weird yeah she pose. does the the weird pose. <laughs> <laughs> so here I'll pull it up. Um, it's uh. Where is it at? Oh, here's oh here's Bob. Oh, taking with the real soul. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, and this character. It's like David Lynch saying that the this character is not important either. The Annie character. Oh yeah, and yeah. she really was not. To like, like mm-hmm. I guess they just made her to introduce new love interests for Cooper. And that's another aspect of. Twin Peaks is fucking amazing. Is that all the love interests are super twisted? And oh yeah, up. yeah. I love that part. I don't want happiness, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like I want the truth. Exactly, and yeah, the truth is an ugly display. Yeah, people that live in the boonies are doing weird stuff like that. You know what I mean? Guarantee. All of their relationships are are messed up in some way, in- including Wyndham Earl's relationship with Cooper. Oh yeah, because uh, he Cooper fucked Wyndham Earl's wife, which is why yeah, Wyndham yeah. Earl killed his wife. Look, <laughs> <laughs> like, here's Bob. Oh, here we go, snatching old boy up. I I'm s- still so surprised that this aired on like NBC. Can you imagine? <laughs> what the hell? There was a, a clip I saw of a lady who recorded every episode. Jeez. And studied every frame for hidden information. She yeah. thought there was, this was some like secret thing. Can't for your soul. I will take <laughs> you just you could just feel the feel like the resentment <laughs> that David yeah. Lynch put in here. Like, yeah, he did. Fuck yeah. Wyndham Earl. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. It's hilarious, bro. Yeah, all those all those episodes of build up, and then he just gets murked. <laughs> <laughs> but not by very important. Not by Cooper. Not by Cooper. Yeah. So so David Lynch denied that satisfaction. Yes, denied it to the viewers. Yeah. The the the, the resolution that we wanted to close this up. Yeah. Oh, the, the, doppelganger. the doppelganger. Super important for the return. Yeah. <laughs> because so now, uh, the Black Lodge has created a copy of. Fuck, or Bob, specifically, yeah. in the Black Lodge, has created a copy of Cooper. Cooper. Yeah. A, a negative copy. So the last scene... Um, oh, 
Where the fuck did it go? Which scene? Um, the last scene. That one? Hey, maybe that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that's Major Briggs. Yeah. Surprisingly uh, interesting character. That I when I first saw him, I thought he was just gonna be you know boring military man, but. No, they really the, made him connected to everything. He, yeah, he was the deep state. In, yeah, uh, exactly. He, he, he had connections. And in the return, he's still even a huge part of the <laughs> That's plot. That's true. Yeah. David yeah. Lynch gave a, a dead actor a major part. <laughs> yeah. Our favorite uh, small person. For real. It's a shame he didn't come back. Yeah, I wonder why that happened. I wonder it why might have been some like yeah. behind-the-scenes drama. I don't know, but he should have come back. But th <laughs> this is where the transition to the return Can happens. Mm-hmm. See me again. Oh! <laughs> it won't be me. <laughs> see? He's Wait the arm. Wait a minute. <laughs> David Lynch planned for him not to return this whole time? That's messed up. That's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we answer our own question just now. God damn it. <laughs> I know I would. <laughs> I think I finished my. Oh, here we go. I'll get some coffee in here right now. Hmm. And we got Laura Palmer. I don't know why I don't see her in, in more stuff. She's great. Hello. Yeah, she's a good actor. She's really, yeah. She And she knows how to scream. <laughs> God damn, she knows how to scream. <laughs> so scary. The whole reverse thing is also interesting. The, yeah. The it's... reverse aspect of the lodge. Oh, there it is. Now, let's talk about that for a second. Because <laughs> she says, I'll see you again in 25 years. And literally the show, 25 years later, yeah. is brought back for the return. That's uh, just... That's nuts. That's insane. I haven't seen anything like... Like, it was set up. Yeah. It was set up 25 years ago. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was set up David 25... He, he let it rest for a cool two decades yeah. and then came back. Oh, the coffee ladies here. Oh. <laughs> coffee. Coffee. Yeah, just come in there. Close that, though. <laughs> uh, thank coffee. you. Coffee. We ran out of coffee. We need more. We need coffee. We, we need, need sustenance. <laughs> bam, bam, get thank the hell out of the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So, that... Yeah, how are we gonna talk about Twin Peaks with no coffee? We can't. Come it on. can't be done. Coffee that coffee is such an important element of the show as well. Everyone's drinking coffee all the damn time. Coffee and pie. <laughs> and you mentioned earlier there was a video I'll show it now of uh that uh the talking backwards. Oh thing, yeah, yeah. How it's done or whatever. This is really interesting. And to my knowledge, he was the reason why they decided to go with that backwards idea, just because he was so good at it. <laughs> Carstel. 
Scars Dale? It makes me want to learn it. <laughs> Just for fun. Many people ask me, Little Mike, how would I speak Mike. if I were in the Red Room? You've got to learn to speak like the voices in David Lynch's head. <laughs> that's that's for terrifying. Example, <laughs> let's rock might be pronounced k a r s t e o Carstel. Let's awesome. rock Carstel. But this fool, even when he talks forward, he sounds backwards. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's just because we've been seeing him so much in Twin that Peaks. It's like, like yeah, now now every time we hear this character, it's just... <laughs> hey, did you see the other thing that he did? Um, my cousin, but doesn't she look almost exactly like Laura Palmer? You see what I mean? Like he sounds backwards forward. Yeah. Don't <laughs> worry. Check out this other thing he did. We went to the big guy. Oh, yeah. He laid the whole thing out for him. We told him we had this great idea for a new game called Sonic and Knuckles. It's Knuckles in his own game. Plus, it has new technology. Lock on technology. So you can play Knuckles in Sonic 2 and 3. It's revolutionary. He just laughed at us. <laughs> so we sold the whole thing to Sig? Who's laughing now? Batman! <laughs> wonder, <laughs> wonder what he's up to. I wonder what he's wonder up to. I wonder what he's up to. But you're right, he wasn't planned uh, in the return, which is really interesting. That's, that's messed up. <laughs> so, <laughs> Why? Be before we talk about, because the return is, is just as big of a series. Like it has, oh, yeah. It has uh, like 40 episodes or something, and they're all really long. <laughs> it's actually 18 episodes, but it does feel like 40, doesn't it? What the hell? It's only 18, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, it took forever to finish watching that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. And yeah, like I said, uh, every episode just feels like this whole complete thing yeah 100%. like you can you can watch i can see myself like watching each episode in a theater you know like that's just how complete each episode feels so let, let's talk because the return is obviously like a full you know comprehensive piece yeah it's that... 18 almost 18 hours of david lynch material <laughs> <laughs> and, and so um in order to understand the return, we'd have to have some keys to opening up certain locks of understanding. That's true, but but do yeah. you want to mention like Fire Walk with me a bit because that's that's really where David Lynch kind of yeah I would say springboarded. You explained because honestly, I watched the whole thing, yeah, but I've made very little correlations to the Matrix of the rest of the oh. world. So kind of maybe if you can explain. Well, I think Fire Walk with me sets up so much that's in the return. I mean, uh, Philip Jeffries, that's when you see him. Uh, but but also, like, uh, in The Return, uh, they do flash back to Firewalk with me. So And Philip Jeffries is the... Uh, David Bowie. David Bowie. Is yeah. Exactly. This <laughs> is weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's also where they mention, like, the place above the convenience store, which also, you know, big factor in The Return. Yeah. 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 The place... Oh, I actually have a clip of that um, that I'll show the place above the convenience store here. Which is important for understanding Bob and the return. So you're right. Uh, I I didn't realize that this clip was part of um, Fire Walk with Me. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, the return is so much tied to Fire Walk with Me in terms of uh, uh, plot points, at least. So here we'll go yeah. to that scene. Ha. So elect electricity is important. This is the where he breaks down my current theory of what electricity means in the in the show mm. 
I think he means like chroma, like TV. Mm. Yeah, the that's the electrician, which are the uh, become Bob's henchmen. Uh, in oh the, yeah, uh, they, they <laughs> every time every time Bad Coop dies, they come and yeah. <laughs> I can revive him. And, and they whack a few people too. Those things. They do, yeah. Mm. <laughs> From pure air, the airwaves, and you can hear the electricity in the background. Mm -hmm. I think this might be part of the. Um uh, the deleted scenes from Firewalk with me. I don't think this was in the the cut that I, I believe watched. this is the deleted one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you remember like when uh, Philip Jeffries walks into the the FBI office, it just becomes like weird montage and you barely see him. Oh, that's but right. but I think this is like an expansion of of that. I gotta watch that. I haven't seen that yet. The missing pieces. Pain and suffering, I guess. <laughs> really? Yeah, there was a scene when, uh, God, well, when was that? I think it was at the end of Fire Walk with Me, where, uh, where Mike was like, uh, well, he wants to get uh, Garmin Bosia from Bob or some shit. I forget. And oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, the yeah, subtitles yeah. directly say Garmin Bosia parentheses Pain and Suffering. Yeah, yeah. It's like the only time David Lynch gave a straight answer for anything. <laughs> interesting to say the least oh uh, yeah to say the least so this is how he's able to create the doppelganger yeah wow this scene this scene's important yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god maybe I should have watched the missing pieces before I saw the return <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ I don't think I watched it either damn <laughs> but it, it's interesting So in this scene, you know, there's definitely a lot of explanation. Yeah. Well, it's explanation in the way David Lynch explains things. <laughs> With imagery. Yeah. So, and we, we know, like, in The Return, Cooper comes back as a doppelganger and everybody, or at the end of the, of the first series, he hits his head in the mirror. Yeah. Um, and everybody thinks that, he went cuckoo or whatever, but mm -hmm. it, that's not him. Yes. That's, that's Bob, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, disguised as Cooper. Like, not quite Bob, but yeah, like a Bob-possessed doppelganger, I suppose. Exactly, exactly. So, let's talk about um, it, how it the return is framed and what Bob means um, and how it connects to David Lynch's... Um, 
Oh, his views? His views on the world, yeah. So we, we know here, f- so far, we know that Bob, it represents bad TV, and David Lynch is against that, against negativity taking over the airwaves, mm. and David Lynch wants balance. He wants to show bad for bad and good for good, right? You can't appreciate good without knowing what bad is, and you can't appreciate bad without knowing what good is. Even That's if true, good yeah, seems and that, mundane. And, and that, really, uh, that really comes across in... A lot of the original series as well, like when when it gets bad, it can get really, really bad. Like ne- uh, like negative emotions, the subject matter as well. Like, oh Jesus, like pa- parental, you know, abuse. Yeah, and yeah. All that. All that stuff, parental abuse, yeah. and then um. And yeah, and the uh, domestic abuse as well. Like fucking what? Both Leo and Bobby take turns at slapping Shelly at some point. Yeah, domestic <laughs> abuse. Um, yeah. Um, like just the prostitution, just the depths, drug paraphernalia. Yeah, and, just the depths of like human like degeneracy. Yeah, because yeah. because we we what what shallowness is in TV is this. It just means there are good guys and there are bad guys. And the good guys win versus the bad guys. That's the the the, the traditional tale. Yeah. But that's not what David Lynch wants to show. He wants to show good people do bad things. And bad people do good things. And all people are capable of bad and good. Right, right. You know? So that's kind of what, what my take is on it. And he shows that every character is dynamic. Yeah. Right? And they have terrible relationships. And they are not perfect. Yeah. Even yeah, even Cooper. like Even you, Cooper. You, like you said, like Cooper, he's like such a, a force, a positive force. But he still has his own baggage as well. A hundred percent. And... All of this baggage, we drag it around on the show. Like as the viewer, we're like, "Whoa!" Like we feel it too. Like we're moving with it. Like, and it's a lot deeper of an understanding than like here's the good protagonist and here's the bad guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's just so cliche, so normal. I feel like that's really what he's against. And I think the reason for the balance comes from his beliefs, and we'll talk a little bit about David Lynch's. Uh, transcendental meditation we know david lynch is um the creator of a lot of crazy stuff he did yes. Twin peaks he did um moholland drive yeah he did which i still gotta watch i still gotta go on a david lynch binge and then immediately get committed to an insane asylum <laughs> right after <laughs> and Jesus he did some Christ. weird movies eraser that we tried. Head, yeah, that was like his head. big That's, first one I think. yeah that yeah. one's great i, I like that one did you know um, the main guy was um, uh, Pete Martell in Twin Peaks? No you, way. You could barely tell. <laughs> I didn't know that at yeah. all. But you well, know, that, that one guy, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So let, let's look a little bit into David Lynch and what he's about. So we know that this fool, along with the Beatles and a few other people, were talking to like weird meditation dudes in India. Yeah. Like the Maharishi, Maharishi and some of these monks that everyone was obsessed with in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, oh, right? well a lot of uh celebrities were. Yeah, 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 Celebr- and yeah. and powerful people. Mhm. So, I have a clip here of David Lynch explaining um what transcendental meditation is. He has He's one of the biggest contributors. He's like what I call the Tom Cruise of transcendental meditation. Transcendental oh. meditation is like Scientology in a way, very cult-like behavior. And, yeah, and you know, then uh, I assume you have to pay to get in. A bunch of weird stuff like that, yeah. Uh-huh. The David Lynch Foundation has had some 
famous people in their ranks, and David Lynch is kind of like the spokesperson. You mm-hmm. know? So he's the ambassador, the ambassador of transcendental yeah. meditation. So this will give us watching this will give us insight into why he created Twin yeah. Peaks in a way. So kind of, yeah, this kind of. This is a donut. This is a donut. <laughs> it is very sweet and very, very good. good. But if you've never tasted a donut, you wouldn't really know how sweet and how good a donut is if you've never had that experience. Transcendental meditation is like that. Transcendental meditation gives an experience much sweeter than the sweetness of this donut. <laughs> they always got to have this background music too. Of the sweetest Yeah, this video is definitely not directed by David Lynch. <laughs> bliss consciousness. As Maharishi says, those who don't know, they don't know. Those who know, they enjoy. I hope this following documentary gives you some good news about the sweetness of life. Yeah, this is the diagram that I find particularly interesting. Yeah. So the one I find interesting as well, just kind of so outlined the everything. Teaching in your life. <laughs> All of his beliefs. We are rolling. Oh, okay, okay. The Maharishi teaching in your life. How did it all start? Can you tell us the story? Yes. What in the hell? I don't want this. Give me the diagram. Right. <laughs> Surface. There we go. And we see surfaces, you know. Surfaces. And about 300 years ago, scientists, they started wondering, what was this, this wood? And what was this metal? And what was, what was it really? So they start looking into matter. So this side is matter. And this side is mind. Mind and matter. And the scientists, well, they discovered molecules. Deeper they We were watching something, uh, Nassim Haramein, yesterday. And he was basically saying the same thing. Exact same thing. Yeah. All these things we learn about in school. They went deeper, and they find inside the atoms these little electrons and neutrons and protons. And they went deeper and deeper and deeper, smaller and smaller particles, smaller and smaller particles. They found four forces on a deeper level. The four became three. Yeah, they put together the level, magnetic and the electronic. The yeah, they even used like uh, Nassim Haramein was even using like the same imagery as well. About Thirty years ago, Ooh, thank you. Science, quantum physics, hey, take that dog with you. <laughs> hey, <the unified> dog. <laughs> dog, we're trying to unlock the secrets of the universe here. <laughs> of all the particles. And all the I like my coffee black. Pour me good, sir. Not only did they discover the unified field, but they found that everything that is a thing emerges from this field. That's good right there. All right. No. Oh, nice and hot. Thing. Unmanifest. Yeah, no thing. 
Idiots. Now, this is important. He, he, he comes to the conclusion that when we look towards the infinitely large and the infinitely small, that we will always find the unified field where no thing exists. Now, previous podcasts that we've had breaking down other TV shows like Evangelion. Evangelion, yes. This is where I started making Evangelion comparisons because yeah. essentially what he's saying is that you want to return to the primordial soup, yes, the, the yes. LCL. The LCL. Yeah. Now, that argument of wanting to return to non-existence, we have a word for it now. It's nihilism, right? Yeah. So we can say that David Lynch is a nihilist because he wants to return this is to his goal. no thing. This is his goal, non-existence. Yes. He believes that the order of existence, the order of life is not worth living. Right. So he wants to return to Too much suffering, too much badness, uh, unhappiness. What is the promise of every group, every cult group? Happiness. 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 Unending happiness. Unending bliss. Happiness. Bliss. Yeah. This is the number one thing that is that's absolutely a, corrupt. That's a red flag. Yeah, yes, exactly. It yeah. should be that the the message should be that life is suffering. Yes. That suffering is part of life. Yes. And overcoming it is what gives you greatness. Right? Yeah. So and then now watch his uh his graph on the other side about about mind. Mm -hmm. It is no hyphen thing. Yeah, this is why I disagree with a lot. Like because a lot of people like to compare thing, uh, Hideaki Anno to David Lynch. I mean, I'm sure that yeah. Let's clarify what that. Let's clarify one thing that David Lynch is a nihilist and he wants to return to the LCL. Yes. But the creator of Evangelion only shows us what a nihilist looks like. Yes. For us to understand them, he doesn't right. want us to be Shinji. He, right. He wants us to acknowledge that or, Shinji is wrong. Or to a, cer a certain extent, he is saying that we are Shinji. Yeah, yes, in a yeah. way. And, and he does overcome at the very end. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He does, and still, not fully. <laughs> not so, fully, yeah. Yeah. But, at, but he wasn't sucked into non-existence. Right. You know what I mean? And right. so, but he's not, he, he's not for that. He, he's, he yeah. is the representation of Shinji as an adult, right. in my opinion. Yeah. Field yeah. Of unity. It's but it's so weird that a lot of people come to this weird conclusion, knowing so much, as much as they know. Yeah. Like, like David Lynch and Hideaki Anno are making the same observations about life, that it's, it could be bad, it could be horrible, awful things happen, the depths of human cruelty are undeniable, but they come to different conclusions. And mm -hmm. David Lynch's conclusion is, basically, he wants to get from a place where everything is matter and then he wants to go down to where nothing matters yeah yeah essentially and you can like listen to him explain it here in the mind category practice a technique transcendental meditation which remember true happiness is not out there you're given a mantra a mantra a very this is the water <laughs> this is the well I assume that's a mantra. 100%. Like a TM mantra. It is. Yeah. It's got to be. It is. I looked it up. Oh. Drink fool and descend into the LCL. 
What do you call it? Like, there's a another word that you coined for for nihilists. It was what is it? Instrumentalist. Instrumentalist. Yeah. They want to bring about human instrumentality. Yes, instrumentalist. Why is it natural? Because each deeper level of mind and each deeper level of intellect has more happiness. And the deeper level you see that? He thinks that walking backwards makes you happier. Right. At the borderline of intellect, you transcend. Now, this is, I disagree with this word. Because it's the wrong, it's like the wrong it's word. literally going down. You're going down <laughs> to non-existence. That's not transcending. Yeah, that's descending. That's descending. Anything, yeah. Yes, transcending is reaching more understanding, going beyond the limits of mind. Right. Right. That would be transcending. That is not transcending. That is descending. Yes. I, I, I highly disagree with the use of that word to describe this process. It's not. Wh- which is funny because this is the this is the part in the pun the linchpin of everything. That they believe in. Yes. This is what trans. This is what their conception of transcending is. Exactly. Yeah. And it's really freaky that means to go that there are people out there with these goals. Like yeah. This is how you create Bill Gates trying We're to vaccinate everyone. This is how you create <laughs> these people that want to change the world single-handedly. You know what I mean? This is how you get Saley, or you know what I mean? This is how you get these individuals. This is how you get Shinji's father. Like this, it happens this way. There's no other way. Or with people with these beliefs consciousness pure consciousness like look i don't disagree with this observation i do think this is accurate everyone who meditates will tell you that that is accurate like Mm. that you are going to a place where everything is one like everyone who's ever done lsd anyone who's ever done ayahuasca or any of this uh, dmt or taking the toad they all say the same thing you go to a place where everything is one you get understanding from the base level of existence and you can see through the layers of our existence all the way up to our present reality, which is probably some form of hologram or illusion. This is the current scientific theory, mm. right? David Lynch believes exactly the same thing. And it's a funny that science and spirituality are two very similar observations. You know what I mean? Very similar. But there's one other way to describe a cult and to know that it is a cult. And I think it's very important. Uh, you notice that the beginning of an idea, right? Like, say, a religious idea is always the cleanest at its original source. And then across time, it starts to get fuzzier and fuzzier and fuzzier and fuzzier and fuzzier. Why is it that when we look back in time, the cleanest forms of religious beliefs are in the earliest texts, the more scientific texts, the more all this stuff, right? Science is the opposite. Science starts off with ignorance, starts off with not knowing, right? And science is climbing a ladder of understanding. And every time we climb and take a step, we get more and more and more understanding. Right? Across time, science gets clearer, exactly. more high def. But why is it that religion across time, it gets, it loses resolution? Because maybe the origin of spirituality doesn't begin with us. Maybe it was something that was given to us like the ancient chariots of the gods maybe these oh. maybe aliens <laughs> gave us information about things that we are just now rediscovering you know what i mean it's very possible um who knows well, what some happened some sort of external source yeah some 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 sort of something <laughs> who knows what happened before the first impact 
aka 12,000 years ago. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> the actual us our first impact. Man, I it would it would not surprise me to to know that Evangelion was just a documentary. <laughs> 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 like Hideaki Ano, I don't know what he was reading. That's something that I I um I don't like about Hideaki Ano is that whenever he gives interviews, he never he refuses to to go deeper. Not like David Lynch when you talk to him, he'll tell you everything he believes. But Hideaki Ano is like, yeah, I made a movie. It's good. <laughs> go watch it. It's like, oh, I want to I want to know what's in your in your head. I think I think he's afraid of like people looking too much into it, you know, and kind of ruining his. Uh, it's probably you know, over analyzing. That's probably shit, it. Yeah, he doesn't want you to over analyze, I guess, because. Yeah, I guess. Because uh, then we're doing to David Lynch what. Right. Know, yeah. <laughs> right. I guess. Like, I guess for in Anno's case, the the work itself is what he believes. It's yeah, like it's yeah. on screen. You can watch it. I don't have to talk about it. That's probably what he thinks. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Which yeah, I could admire that. Here's where he explains the uh, energy, love, power, bliss, dynamic peace, all positive, light of unity, all positive. You experience this level and you enliven it and this ball of consciousness that you thought was just going to stay the same for the rest of your life starts expanding and these qualities expand. So day by day you're growing creativity intelligence so this is he believes that accessing this realm gives people more creativity more intellect and all these promises again promises of happiness of intellectual capacity well yeah this is uh this is uh it's a marketing marketing thing it's ridiculous is what it is (laughs) now i'm gonna show you something so crazy that you're gonna be like what the fuck (laughs) well more more than i am currently all right i'm ready Let's talk about Twin Peaks for a second and the yeah. conspiracy in Twin Peaks. Mm. So we know that within the realm of Twin Peaks, there there is a Major Briggs, and yes. he's part of the government, and he's involved in understanding the White and the Black Lodge. And yeah. then we have the Blue Rose Project, which is a project designed specifically for that same exact reason, right? Understanding these other dimensions, these other places that they know now are real, and that these entities are real, right? So we know that these things are facts, right? What if I told you that as crazy as David Lynch is with his belief of transcendental meditation, and as crazy as... What what if I told you that maybe he was falsely documenting something on purpose to give us insight into something that may actually exist? What if I told you that the Black Lodge and the White Lodge and these other dimensions may actually be real what yeah <laughs> what if what, i told what, you that how but but how <laughs> but how here i have a redacted declassified cia document the fuck on transcendental meditation department of the army u.s army operational group u.s army intelligence and security command they called it the gateway process Hmm. <laughs> it's a real thing. And here they talk specifically about using transcendental meditation to reach uh, these levels of understanding and, and entryways. They call them gates. And how to get into the gates, how to get out of the gates. 
two specific gates, a dark and a light gate. It's very specific. Isn't that crazy? So David Lynch must have seen this document and made Something. it like the, the fundamental first plot, maybe. It's crazy, right? So here he talks about what they call hemisync, which is synchronizing the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere of your brain with transcendental meditation techniques in order to reach uh, a gateway of some sort, right? So that's one way to do it. They talk about hypnosis and how that can also be potentially a way to reach the same thing. And then right here, look, transcendental meditation. On the other hand, transcendental meditation works in a distinctly different fashion. In this technique, intense and protracted single-minded concentration on the process of drawing energy up the spinal cord which is kundalini, by the way, um, ultimately results in what appears to be creation of acoustical standing waves in the cerebral ventricles, which are then conducted to the gray matter in the cerebral, and here we get a diagram of what's actually happening in your brain, right? When you're doing transcendental meditation. And here they talk about, see, kundalini psychosis or transcendence. You see? And they talk about how this is a way to access one of these gateways. It's crazy. So there are such a thing as gateways between our dimensional reality and potentially accessing where our hologram is being created from. This pool of unified field or the LCL or going to that place is exiting the hologram. You've come through a gateway when you've done that, you see? And so the Black Lodge and the White Lodge are like the gatekeepers of that reality. And so this is oddly like the fact that there is a fucking government agency <laughs> designed for this particular... Well, well not FBI, but... <laughs> CIA. CIA. It's not FBI, but it's just so weird that the show has a parallel to this reality. Now, this is the weirdest part right here. Look, I'm going to show you something crazy. It says that meditative techniques and progress and methodology is enhanced through effective visualization and external objective affirmation. Display of the subject's brainwave pattern on a cathode ray tube has proven to be a laboratory-validated means by which subjects may quickly learn to place themselves in profoundly relaxed states characterized by the sort of quietude and singularity of mental focus associated with advanced meditation. Now, I read another scientific paper, because you know that Nikola Tesla invented the cathode ray tube because he thought he was trying to peek into a, a gateway of another dimension he where he thought that he may even be able to see the spirits of dead people and shit like this like this is documented that Nicholas Tesla invented the television for that purpose mm. to be able to visualize things from other dimensions well that is why the television set is programmed to function with our brain it moves at 60 hertz right and it has a certain frame rate pattern that coincides with our brain waves and it creates this is why cathode ray tubes back in the day people used to just sit in front of a television remember and it was just like whoa like 
you can be stuck there oh yeah for hours you know what i mean yeah so that's very very interesting to me so looking at some of these documents is really trippy because they're talking specifically about television amplitudes waves right electricity fire are all elements in david lynch's twin peaks all of them which is really really weird um now it's just it's just crazy now i'll show you um how it connects to because we have here the well we've seen already where he makes references to the electric poles and electricity and all that stuff right but then we also have the creation of bob the the the, the mantra mm. and he does it over the radio waves right Which I don't think is a coincidence. This is the water. <laughs> this is the well. Drink full at this end. The horse is the white of the eyes and dark within. That's messed this up. And then that's, yeah. So but that's yes. a, that's a mantra. That's, that's a mantra. Here's Bob, coming in. Bob, this is the this is Bob essentially mm. crawling into the bodies of humans because he needs he the only way that Bob can live is inside of people's consciousness because Bob is fear. Mm. So you put fear into people with television, right? And you create people that can be easily manipulated by fear, which is the state of our reality today. So if if David Lynch had been successful, strangely enough, as much of a nihilist as he is, he would have been positive for our community because he would have made TV balance. We would have known more efficiently what good is and what bad is, right? But instead, we have like, well, we have the TV of today, which is just violence galore and instant rewards and no stories ever. I mean, there are some great movies coming out here and there. Oh well, yeah, no. they're sprinkled, <laughs> some, you know. Yeah. They're sprinkled you in. Yeah, diamonds in the rough. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. I think that for me, Bob is the whole purpose of the of the whole series. I think he's like the 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 main um um place where you should gather understanding from is Bob. So Bob is like David Lynch's thesis. In a way, yes. In a way, yes. The papers written around Bob. Mm-hmm. It's also a shame that they couldn't get the actor back because, I mean, he died a long time ago. For real. Yeah. And we also, um, another scene that I thought confirmed this theory is the scene where, um, I'm sure you remember, where Bob, the creation of Bob. Remember yeah. that particular oh, yeah, scene? Yeah. Um, so we see a weird alien creature vomiting out some weird thing. Orbs. Orbs. Yeah. And one of those orbs is Bob, right? And then we see that the White Lodge dude, the big tall guy, he starts to float in the air and he starts to emanate gold stuff from his mouth as a retaliation to Bob. Mm. And the orb is Laura, right? So David Lynch is saying, I created Laura, the mystery of Laura of Twin Peaks to resolve Bob, which is traditional television that is perpetuating violence and making fear 
acceptable. You know what I mean? There should be like another another way of, of thinking of it. You shouldn't gather pleasure from violence. You see? Like you shouldn't mistake pleasure for violence. Making that correlation is wrong and is what is going to destroy your mind. It's the same problem with people who worship murderers, like people who are like, oh, oh, the murderers from the 60s. Oh, they were so hot and blah, blah, blah. You know, crazy fangirls that are fans of people who murdered a lot of people. I always find that that, that was really strange. Yeah. I blame it on television because mm, they, they the, the glorify ro- it. The yeah. romanticization of degeneracy. Yeah, yeah. The, and you, it's not like... Like Bonnie and Clyde, you know. Yeah, like, it's not good to. Be, that's not. To, that's not. They were just a, a pair of fucking uh, murderers. Murderers. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were. Ultimately, yeah. like that's not anything you should strive look to, up to. Yeah. yeah, and they shouldn't have glorified it in the way that they did. Mm-hmm. They're mis. They're making you believe that there is pleasure in fear and in evil. You see, and those are two pleasures you should never mistake. And I think David Lynch is like very particular about that specific subject he doesn't want he wants you to see bad for bad and see good for good that's something that i brought up as well david lynch is like the master of creating scumbags like 100 percent master yeah. like uh richard horn is such a fucking hateful little character that there is no glorification of that character at all none yeah like yeah David in in Twin Peaks there are no sort of like sexy bad guys. All the bad guys are bad. They're <laughs> really they're ugly. awful. Yeah, yeah, they're so awful. Yeah. There's Even no Laura's dad is was creepy when he murdered her like it Oh was god. Scary. That scene. <laughs> I guess that scene is kind of Yeah, like the uh, Fire Walk with Me. I see Fire Walk with Me as like kind of a detailed thesis of what he believes uh like yeah, his his thesis on what David Lynch believes about all of this. That's what exactly. I that's what I see Fire Walk with me as. Sort of like a uh, end of Ava is a thesis on what Hideaki Anno believes. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. And here oh actually I do have the video of the orb. Oh <laughs> see, it's popping out the orb. Right, the the Laura orb. After the creation of Bob. <laughs> which to me is exactly a commentary on television. You know, and and I feel like David Lynch knew he predicted that in 25 years time, Bob would have taken over television. You know what I mean? Mm. And it has fear has taken over television. And he he knows there's no solution to it because Twin Peaks is a good show, but it's ultimately not going to have a catastrophic like, um, you know, uh, influence on television it's not going to change television like no one's going to stop doing that instant gratification is winning right now heavy you know what i mean yeah as long as it makes money and that is the biggest perversion i guess right is money yeah yeah as much as i uh as much as i disagree with david lynch's fundamental belief about you know returning to nothing i still really admire him as a creator as someone in this current landscape of media for someone like David Lynch to exist and making the stuff that he does and get the attention that he receives. That's super, like, thank God for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree 100%. Yeah. I think we need more people to to take a risk in creating things for the sake of the creation. You know what I mean? Right, right. Look, this is and 100% evidence. The orb is floating into a tube. Oh. And then the tube 
is going to distribute the orb across the world. You'll see. You see? Mm. So this is David, and through through a screen. Through a screen. This is this is David Lynch's uh, you know w- wishful thinking in a way mm. that one drip at a time, one creator at a time, we may be able to actually be able to change television. And everybody has made the same assumption. If you think about it, it's not just us. Like this assumption has been made over and over and over for the past I don't know how many years, but. The revolution will not be televised. Oh, uh, George Orwell's 1984. Um, television is mind control. Uh, television is the enemy. Television, you know what I mean? Propaganda. All this, like it's not a lie that television is manipulative and is used for that purpose. You know what I mean? Maybe in today's date, it's not the cathode ray tube. Maybe in today's date, it's Google. It's Facebook. It's Twitter. You know, it's it's how they skew information, how they change information and lie. They change our reality via a fucking screen. You know what I mean? Right. Whether it's a screen in your pocket or a screen on the wall, they're changing your ideas, your reality. Mm-hmm. They're, sh- they're shaping your beliefs through yeah, a screen. Through a screen. I find that really interesting, you know, that, that David Lynch recognizes the power that creating through a television is. You know what I mean? And he wants to have a positive influence. As weird as he fucking is, yeah. and you know, but again, he's a fucking weirdo, and <laughs> I can't, I can't deny that he fucking look he, the David Lynch Foundation. Like this dude is on a whole new level of weird. <laughs> You're not gonna guess who else is part of the David Lynch Foundation. If you had to guess, a very powerful person is part of this. Who would you guess? And I don't know, but I I remember seeing that one video of like Martin Scorsese talking yeah, about it, which is it. strange. Chris Rock, um, fucking Danny, Seinfeld. Oh, Danny DeVito too. Yeah, there's a lot of people in it, but you're gonna you're gonna laugh at who is. Oh no! What? What at? Trump and Kushner, <laughs> and Melania. Oh. Yeah. Here it is. Look. Everyone from Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump to Tom Hanks has adopted the meditation technique. Sweeping Wall Street. That's them. Transcendental Meditation. The David Lynch Foundation. This thing is taking over a lot of high circles. You know what I mean? People are doing weird things. Whenever high circle people start doing (laughs) weird stuff, you know what I mean? Whenever they get together in a room and... (laughs) It's just really weird stuff whenever whenever they start doing stuff like this. It freaks me out. And he, here, let's talk about what Transcendental Meditation is because the origin of Transcendental Meditation is the Hare Krishna movement mm. from Maharishi. That It branched off into two, two different things. It was TM and then there was a Hare Krishnas. They both came from Maharishi Yoga. Mm. And one of them, the Hare Krishnas, became sect cult-like murderers who murdered people from the Church of Process, who murdered people. They're suspected of having murdered Robert F. Kennedy. There's evidence that says that the Hare Krishnas had a hand in doing that. Uh, you know, he was killed um, around the same time as the Manson murders. And for all the listeners that want to know more about those subjects, we did a whole podcast on the Manson Hollywood conspiracy thing. So I would, you know, say check that out. You'll learn more in depth about the Hare Krishna mm. movement and how they're linked to 
transcendental meditation and the Beatles and crazy shit that was happening in the weird 60s, late 70s era. But you can see, I, I want to show you there. Uh, one, one, one thing that was written here. Here it is. The Krishna conscious person can go even to hell and still be happy. You see? <laughs> so they believe in the ultimate form of nihilism where a particular... Like Shinji made the same mistake in thinking that non-existence was going to end his suffering. Yeah. But then he went in the LCL and he found that actually he's just going to exist as his whole asshole self in the LCL and his consciousness is going to be fighting with his own loneliness for the rest of eternity. Right. And he was like, I don't want that. And so he opted out. But yeah. it took him basically attempted suicide to realize yeah. that he was wrong. These people are the kind of people that are capable of committing great harm. That's how I see it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you hold these beliefs true to yourself, man, the things that you are willing to do are crazy. Just because it's yeah. consistent with, with what you believe. Exactly. So, and I would say let's bring it back to actual th – this is my offshoot uh, – <laughs> My offshoot theory on David Lynch's uh, head and where it was when he was uh, creating Twin Peaks and why he believes things the way that he does. But what do you think about it? Do you think uh, as far – because we haven't really talked about the return, but mm -hmm. I wanted to get that out of the way first because I feel like it really – Well, it does like you know. contextualize the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. in the return, um, I, you know – well, we have the doppelganger, which is uh, yeah. And I thought that was really weird that, man, the whole time I was just waiting for for him to wake up. You know what I mean? Yeah, but um, but that's that goes back to what we were talking about about how David Lynch does not want to give you instant satisfaction. It, fuck that guy. <laughs> God damn for, it! For what is it? Sixteen episodes. For sixteen episodes, we get straight. we get the we get the Dougie Jones show. <laughs> for sixteen Yo, episodes. Hey, my favorite yeah. Dougie moment was um when fools roll up in front of his house and they just shoot each other oh god that was, was awesome. great yeah that, that was like was a awesome. I was, that was like a tarantino <laughs> moment and yeah like those two actors are usually in the tarantino posse too the, oh that's right yeah that lady uh what, Je what the hell's her name jennifer jason lee and tim roth and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were, they're both in tarantino films i yeah. thought that was a great scene yeah um who, who are other actors in the return fucking uh what about the the Lucy's son. Uh, oh, yeah, fucking, fucking Michael Sarah. <laughs> what the hell? That he popped out of nowhere on that <laughs> And then one. he never came back. That's so great. Yeah, well, what was up with that? Like, yeah. I, and I thought it was perfect. That was like perfect casting. Of, of course, Lucy and Andy's kid would be Michael Sarah. <laughs> and that, that patience that it took for us to sit there and listen to Lucy's conversations with her husband. Yeah. Fucking was ridiculous, bro. Like, it was mind-numbing to yeah. some extent, you know? But... The crazy part is that as I was watching it, I told Jen, I was like, yo, like, this is exactly how people talk in small towns. Like, you live in a big city, and you think, oh, I live in the big city. Everything moves fast. We talk fast. We act fast. Yeah, no one takes their time. Yeah, You go to a little little town somewhere, and no, people are... People take their fucking time. You know what I mean? Talking. and like, Just like David Lynch takes his time. You have to slow down for them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's important for you to be on their pace. Otherwise, you're just going to come off as, like, a weird douchebag or whatever. But I think that they 
the small America description that David Lynch paints of, of small, you know, I think is very accurate. I think that kind of weird stuff happens in the return. <laughs> some lessons never get learned. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah. Like, uh, I, that, I love that. The fact that, um, Again, this is kind of like he's is denying you the satisfaction of seeing like your favorite old characters back because uh, a lot of them are in a shitty place, you know, yeah. like Audrey, like oh my god. <laughs> there's, there's no resolution. There's there. no resolution. Yeah, yeah. And there's because no re- sometimes in life there isn't. Exactly. You know I mean? yeah. And that's that's what's great about it. It's like she- Shelly, even after like 25 years she's still dating assholes. Oh yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's really hilarious cuz my fa- my favorite Shelly moment is um, her daughter is getting beat up. And by- of course, mm-hmm. and of course she would. Shel- of course, the kid of Shelly would be stuck in the same situation that yeah. she was. In. Yes. Uh, yeah. With her that's own how Leo. You learn it. That's how you learn it. Yeah. But the girl is sitting on the table asking for money so she could give it to her ca- crackhead boyfriend. And then they're sitting there criticizing her, her and and the restaurant owner. Are, oh, yeah. Shelly works there and the restaurant owner are both criticizing the girl saying, wow, like. That's really messed up. She should leave him. But then immediately they're like, oh, but I guess we know how it feels. You yeah. Know? Like, I guess we know what that's like, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah that's exactly right. Shut your ass up. You know <laughs> like, why, like yeah. you should have corrected this problem. Instead, you perpetuated it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You gave birth to a new one. And the only character I, I feel that was, is in a better spot than he was before is Bobby, which is like, that's amazing. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's such, um, wow. And he really did overcome, and that's how it happens. And unfortunately, not many people overcome. You know, in yeah. a small town, you see a lot of you know, you see a lot of traps, and, and yeah. you, you see a lot of people trapped. And there's not too many people that make it out of those. And traps. what a and what a uh, ingenious way of describing those traps, like the Roadhouse. That's like one location. That's like basically Twin Peaks, little slice of hell. Is the roadhouse? Yeah, the roadhouse. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. A lot agree. of bad shit happened there. Apparently, yeah, it's just a wild show. Yeah, but I really love that. You know that Shelly's daughter's getting beat up. You know, yeah, Shelly. And then someone's I, gonna take that out of context. I love, I love when Shelly's daughter gets beat up. <laughs> and then she, so she's getting beat up. She's at the cafe talking. Oh my god, blah, 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 he's blah. just going through a hard time. Yeah, yeah always defending. Yeah. The, the abuser. You know, and then. As as she's talking about her problem, the fucking Shelly goes off, yes, randomly <laughs> in a, to, with some dude who is a drug dealer yes. murderer, yes, and she doesn't know. And she's over here telling her like, "Hey, uh, you need to leave this guy. He's bad. He's a bad guy." Meanwhile, she's dating the boss of the guy. You know yeah. what I mean? It's Man. incredible and. That villain that we had, the young villain in the Return. Oh yeah, R- Richard. Yeah, yeah, yes, Richard, Richard. Horn. Uh, is great because he is the karma for Mr. Horn, yeah. the hotel owner. His grandson turned out to be a piece of shit. It's 100% his fault. You know yeah. I mean? And he takes responsibility. He like does. Him. And that's also yeah. another character that actually grew out of it. Yes, yes. Yeah. He took responsibility yeah. for what he had created. That was one of my favorite parts of the original season, the original show. The, it was one of the bright spots of season two. Uh, Benjamin Horn's turnaround. Yeah, yeah. yeah like I, I, I actually did like that, and this is whole civil war reenactment. <laughs> it was great. It yeah. was great. And some some people, I the ones there were some I didn't understand, like 
Audrey Horn. I didn't understand what the fuck was yeah, going on. Yeah, I, I don't either. Yeah, I could not figure that one out for the life of me. She was always arguing with, like, her midget husband. Yeah. I didn't understand what that was about. I didn't even know if she was real or not. Like, right. did she die in the explosion? Is this all in her head? Is she trapped in the lodge? Right. What's going on here? It's pro- it, yeah, it's probably connected to what happened yeah. at the bank. But, man, yeah, that, yeah. that one's a... That one's a mystery in itself. Yeah, so there are some mysteries still left. Let's yeah. talk about some of those the un- unresolved mysteries. Yeah. So we got the Audrey Horn mystery, yeah. which we have no idea what, what the hell's, the hell, going, what the hell's on, yeah. going on there. And then we, at the end of the day, um, Cooper does defeat the doppelganger. Yeah. Right? And he does send him back to the place that he came from, which is the Black Lodge. Mm-hmm. And he takes control of his life again. But... He risks it all again to go back into another place, an alternate reality, to try and get, um, um, well, to rescue Laura, to rescue Laura from a different reality, to bring her back to her current reality, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's as if that. It's like the classic like timeline. Uh, you know, t- time time travel shit is that if you change one thing in the past, then it's gonna affect everything else. So like, yeah, why would he do that? <laughs> why would why would know. Cooper do that? I thought you he know, risked it all. He risked it all. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, if you stop watching the show after episode seventeen, that's like that's a solid resolution. That's just yeah. like everything <laughs> got tied up. See, but that's your fucking problem. Exactly. Exactly. David Lynch doesn't want us to <laughs> he have does resolution. Not, exactly. He fucked it up on purpose. He did. He fucking did. He did. Fucking asshole. <laughs> it's great though. It's great. It's yeah. great. I like I said, I really do appreciate that someone like David Lynch exists and can get funding. Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. I did a one thing that I did like was a modernization of the show like yeah. There were some elements where, like, there was, like, murders happening. Like, people's heads got cut off. Fucking Major Briggs' body was found somewhere with no yeah. head attached to another head. Like, really yeah. gruesome stuff that you could never get away with on NBC. Yeah, we have the, 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 the cheater who... The, the principal who cheated on his wife with the librarian. Oh, yeah, Shaggy. Sh- Shaggy, yeah. <laughs> the fucking guy from Scooby-Doo, yeah. Yeah, and some weird subplot lines there that were great, you know? Like, the yeah. guy was a scumbag. It, it does it yeah. does feel like a natural extension of the original show. Yeah. Like a natural evolution of, yeah. of that. And yeah. and that guy, remember, he was exploring um, other dimensions. Yeah. And he, he had came to some conclusions that were accurate according to the show at least right right um and ultimately paid the price for fucking around in that realm but it's just the i just can't get over the parallels between how he painted like his beliefs in the show and how there's some form of reflection of that in real life when it comes to these um deep state files that i showed you earlier you know i find that really interesting but besides Besides everything that we've covered, which is I think basically most of the most of the show and how we feel about it. Yeah. Was there anything else that you kind of were wowed by or that you like that we haven't Well, I mean we yet? I mean we got into it a little bit, but like the entirety of episode eight of the return, the origin of Bob and the radio and all that, I was like, Whoa, am I even watching the same show? <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> uh, but no, I, I'm I'm really glad I went through it. I'm and even if I watched it again, I think I would even be less annoyed by Dougie Jones, because that's a whole like uh, 
that's the whole point that David Lynch is trying to make in itself. It's like, you know, we, we talk about his depiction of the depths of human cruelty. Well, the Dougie Jones story is his depiction of the depths of human uh, light, generosity, yeah, positive. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like a comment on the character of Cooper himself because even in his like catatonic state, he can still be a good influence. Yeah, it, it, it's almost as if you notice that everyone that he interacted with as the doppelganger uh, or sorry, as himself, but asleep. Yeah. Recognize that he was fundamentally a good person. Yeah. He wanted to do good for others. And I think if you have the right intent, even if you can't speak, it will come through. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like your yeah. inner self will, will, will overcome all yeah. the barriers that you may have in your life. You know, it's just, it's about having the correct intent. Right. So I thought that was a good observation. I thought, um, I thought that sleepy Cooper was kind of, <laughs> And at the end of the day, I was glad I had the patience to sit there and yeah, observe, you know what I mean. Like it was a it was a good payoff, but like the ride was actually like enjoyable as well. It was just yeah. so it was so heartwarming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my suspicion of uh, the whole time, um, the second love interest, what was uh, Diane? Um, the oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the the original secretary that he was always that he was speaking. always speaking to yeah 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 we and the first season I was like who the fuck is he always leaving messages for and when now we know it's it's that girl Diane right mm -hmm. and then they have the scene where they're sitting down in like um they're drinking coffee outside of a thing and it's David Lynch himself as fucking uh, Gordon Cole yeah as Gordon yeah. and and then they're talking to a girl and she's describing their reality she said it's like a dream within a dream or something like this, right? Remember that scene? Mm. And that I think that was another allusion to the fact that they some people in the show of Twin Peaks, the original series and The Return, were aware that they were in a television show. You know what and I mean? And that is an extension of what uh Philip Je Jeffries was saying in Fire Walk with Me. Do you remember that when he walks no. in when he walks in and one of the brief flashes you get in that weird montage part is like we all live inside a dream. That's what he says. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So that theme gets re repeated in the return. Yeah, we live in a hologram of some sort. Yeah, and, and in their world, they are the television show, and some people are aware of it. Like the log lady is aware that it's a television show. Um, I think Major God Briggs. Damn, yeah, you know, a few people had that knowledge that that it was a hologram that existed merely for the pleasure of the viewer. Mm -hmm. the end viewer who was watching it through the screen, right? I thought that was really interesting. I think David Lynch even put himself in his own creation on purpose because he believes that he'll live metaphysically inside of that reality mm. forever. So he inputted himself in there. That's like that's like uh, uh, humanity creating the Evangelion and putting, and putting souls in that thing. So he, there will be proof that humanity live forever. Yeah, like like let it cast off. Like into Twin space. Peaks, Twin Peaks is David Lynch's personal Evangelion. <laughs> like like not the show, but like the actual robot. The he, robot, yeah. He yeah, put yeah. his soul in in Twin Peaks. He wants to live <laughs> infinitely in the sea of non-existence, as he wants the structure to live even after his death, kind of thing. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, immortalizing himself and yeah. on screen, in a way. Fucked. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, oh, man. man. Oh my God, this this conversation can go on forever. It really can, yeah. man. I mean, I I enjoyed the show. I enjoy it. I I, I like talking about it. Uh, but a lot of the stuff that you uh, <laughs> handed to me during this discussion is something I never even thought about. But it it is interesting. 
It, it is, is. It yeah. is interesting, and I will I will ruminate on it. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> for a bit. we'll watch um, other quote like there's a, a few other movie reviews I want to do. I want to do The Village. Oh yeah, um, which is a movie about uh, a movie that did not do so well on release. Not uh, a lot of people hate it. Yeah, <laughs> so but I watched it and I thought it was very fine. It was yeah, good. Y'all yeah. stay tuned. I totally ripped the movie from. Uh, some internet place. Uh, so you don't got to say it. <laughs> cut scenes out of this and uh, show you guys some of my uh, fundamental structure theory of the village and its socialist Marxist origins. And I'm talking about Evangelion. You got to you got to catch up with that. New movies coming yeah. out. Yeah, I've got the um, I've got one episode of the three in the, what's it called? The, oh, the, Madoka Magica? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Evangelion, but the um, the three new oh the rebuilds the rebuilds the that, rebuilds the yeah rebuilds. you gotta watch the rebuilds so yeah. I'll watch those yeah because the fourth fourth rebuilds coming out and if if any of you guys want more movie stuff let us know we'll mess around and review whatever you guys think is weird and uh, you know has uh, some substance that maybe we haven't paid attention to you know it's yeah, something yeah. that people missed because I I don't want to do like movie reviews like like. There's plenty of people already doing movies. Oh, yeah, reviews definitely. Like I just want to look at the cultish like aspects of some of these movies. Like for example, like hidden messages and stuff like this. I uh, think, and and that's this is the reason why I want you to watch Madoka Magica. I think you'll get a lot from it. Yeah, Madoka Magica. And Which if anyone has the, any other yeah. suggestions for weird stuff, drop it in the uh, in the chat. Yeah, for sure. And, Let's uh, talk about weird shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send us some more weird cultish materials that we can review. It would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Well, uh, we have uh, gone on for quite a bit. I think we'll sign off now. Um, sorry, we couldn't. Uh, for whatever reason, my chat's not working, so we can reply to chats at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah, but um, I mean, the chat's working, but I can't go. I can't type in there right now. Weird. But uh, we'll fix it. This new OBS Studio update is trash anyway, so whatever. <laughs> and, yeah, and I guess uh, apologies. Uh, in advance for like I I suppose my demeanor because like I'm still <laughs> from it was New Year's yesterday. It was New Year's, yeah. It was New Year's. We uh, sang a lot of songs and yes, we did drank a lot of drink. <laughs> we drank a lot of drink. Oh. Try to watch Madoka Magica, but I could barely fucking uh, talk. We, we didn't <laughs> so, have the brain capacity. We didn't have the brain capacity. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow, this is why we're drinking so much coffee. Woo. Thank you guys for bearing with us and our fucking yes. slowness today um welcome to 2021 welcome to 2021 lots of new projects um, mm-hmm. you know live shows that i'm working on uh, we yeah have some virtual shows yeah coming. look forward to 2021 yeah, i've so. got ideas uh on my you know on my own channel yeah so. what do you got going on tell everybody yeah well i will say that after watching the entirety of twin peaks i think you'll start to see more influence from that either consciously or unconsciously going forward with my channel i just love the way he creates things and while this sounds a a bit weird it's like how he disregards the audience sometimes it's like wow you just went for it you don't give a fuck it's like (laughs) that's great yeah (laughs) yeah i'm looking forward to seeing some of that in your content oh yeah um, you know and we were just talking about that david lynch is like commenting on television because that's where he he created the first you know twin peaks show or whatever yeah that was his medium but you create stuff on youtube and i create stuff on youtube so 
applying those skills there's to, an oppor- to YouTube. There's an opportunity there yeah, as well yeah, to yeah. like just comment on YouTube as exactly. well. Exactly. So. Yeah. Meta. We can do a meta comment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which would be very awesome. But yeah. yeah, man. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We're about to sign out. Coffee.